Welcome to Game of Books Podcast. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. And I'm Christy in South Florida. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and mystery through interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors. And our virtual book club. And even our fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us on today's adventure. Welcome to Corks in Conversation with Sebastian Fitzek. Christy, this is so exciting. We're actually going to be talking with Sebastian from Berlin, Germany, where he lives. And we thought coordinating time zones with California authors was hard. Uh, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's much later there. um, So we're grateful for him to do this. And um, first, I want to tell everybody a little bit about him. So Sebastian Fitzek is Germany's most successful author of psychological thrillers, His books, in case you were questioning that first statement, have sold 12 million (laughs) copies. Yes. And they've been translated in 24 languages and are the basis of international cinema adaptations and theater adaptations. Um, Sebastian was the first German author to be awarded the European Prize for Criminal Literature. And he lives with his family in Berlin. One of our favorites, and mm-hmm. I think one of his favorites, Harlan Coben, um, has said that Fitzek's thrillers are breathtaking and full of wild twists, which we can attest to. <laughs> I'm pointing at the um, back of the cover yeah. right here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sebastian, it's so nice to talk to you today. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Welcome. Absolutely. All right. So, before we get started on all the big questions, um, Kathy, why don't you tell us what we're drinking today? Okay, so you know we normally do wine, mm-hmm, but Sebastian mm-hmm. is more of a gin and tonic guy, and so we That's thought right. it's time for us to branch out and get into <laughs> gin and tonics. So Sebastian, Christy, and I are both drinking Tangeray gin and tonics. Okay, very good. What are you I, drinking? I like Tangeray, but um, I've got the Monkey Forty Seven. Sebastian, I googled what do Berliners drink. For yeah. gin. And they said the first thing I got was 47 monkeys. And I told yes. them to see that. Yeah. 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 And, and if you haven't tried it, um, it's it's really great. Um, I can recommend it. Um, it's uh, in, from Germany, um, from the Black Forest in Germany, um, and a special dry, but um, it's, uh, it tastes really, really good and has a lot of awards. Um, it's not my company, so I can make it. Okay. <laughs> I'm wondering how it got that name. That just seems so interesting. Oh, I, I, actually, I, I have no idea. I think there are 47 <laughs> ingredients in, in there. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm not sure about we'll this. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, regardless, cheers, everybody. Cheers, yes. Cheers. Thanks for joining mm-hmm. us, Sebastian. Yeah, All right. great. Thanks. Mm, that is good. I haven't had a gin and tonic in a long time. That's good. Okay. Very refreshing. Yeah, they're very refreshing on this very cold South Dakota day. Oh, it's actually very cold in Berlin right now. It's uh, minus two, uh, I think. Um, oh. So yeah, it's that's, for Berlin. That's it's probably similar to us, I think, then. So uh, we're yeah. here at around 70. So <laughs> I guess, what is that, 20? Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that's good. That's very good. Yeah, yeah it's very, very nice. nice. It's sunny, too, today. It mm-hmm. is. It's it's like a cooler breeze for the winter. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Sebastian, she tends to rub in her very good weather <laughs> to my very cold weather. So, <laughs> hey, I love to see the snow in the background. I love it. 
So um, anyway, let's get to the first question. Yes. So the um, mm -hmm. Kirkus Reviews um, describe your book, The Package, mm -hmm. which was just released in the U.S. as mm -hmm. a nightmarish page turner. <laughs> and you may fear, be fearful of sleeping again. So <laughs> what do you think of that description? And do you get inspiration from your nightmares? <laughs> oh, um, first, uh, I think it's a great um, description of my book, but um, I have more fear, uh, fear with my, my daydreams and, and the daydreams, not, not my nightmares, because um, uh, I usually get my inspiration out of um, the everyday and yeah, normal situations. Of course, sometimes if you read the news or watch television or online, or you talk with experts, which now I'm, I'm doing a lot. A good friend of mine, he is a forensic expert. He um, he tells stories that you you, you don't want to hear. <laughs> and so um, so actually, um, I, I take the reality and and make it a little bit less harmful. Um, to make it more believable because I think that reality really is sometimes much more unbelievable than um, uh, than, than what we um, uh, write as, as authors. Uh, especially lately. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> right? The world well, is a crazy place. It is a crazy place. Oh, I, <laughs> I, um, I loved your main character, Dr. Emma Stein. Ah, okay. um, the book opens with her as a child, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it you take us through quite a quite a wild ride. She has childhood trauma. She becomes mm -hmm. a very well trained um, and regarded psychiatrist as an adult, mm -hmm. and then some. We won't give any spoilers away, so no <laughs> one fear. Um, but then she kind of some things happen, and and she ends up in a descent into some um, paranoia and flashbacks. Yeah. But you end up in this incredibly satisfying conclusion, but that you couldn't see coming, which I think right. is always the trick, right? And you pull it off beautifully. Um, Christy and I are both avid readers, but we're also writers of mystery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I was wondering when we got to the end was, how did you plot this? How did you do mm -hmm. this? Do you know where you're going? Or do you surprise yeah. yourself along the way? So I usually think I know where I'm going. I think maybe you, we, we all face uh, the same experience when we are uh, writing that, um, that the characters out of a sudden they have their own life and then we just watch them and we no longer tell them what to do. Um, so, so I have a, have a, a treatment of maybe 20 or 30 pages where I very roughly know where I want to go. And I think I know the ending and everything, but during the writing process, it changes a lot. And, um, and sometimes it surprises me too then. So you're, you're kind of a combination between the plotter and the pantser, then you, you have like a roadmap, but then you yes. allow some creativity yeah. to, oh, that's interesting. That's right. And that uh, you mentioned Holland Coleman before, and I had the uh, chance to, to, to meet him in, uh, in New York, and he, had, he was uh, giving a panel and was uh, telling the audience that, um, that writing is not like you start there and then you go there, So you, but you start there and then you go there, then you go 
back and then you go there and then you go back and then you go there. And so, so, so this is uh, sometimes um, something ch uh, changes or something is happening. Um, all of a sudden there is a, a, a daughter very important or a mother and you, you never mentioned her before. So you have to go back. So, so um, I can't say that I know everything, but I have a, have a big picture um, in my head. Yeah. So I, um, you and I and Christy were talking before we started the cameras rolling. And so this okay. is going to lead into my next question. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you wrote, I know you wrote this, um, the package some years ago. Here it is again, because it's such a great cover. I love this cover. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is this what it looked like in Germany as well? Or is this oh, actually, I, ha I ha don't have it here right now, but it's, it's, it's more or less the same. It looks like a package. And I wanted everybody yeah. um, uh, who is reading this to have the feeling because I mean, the package is something that you, you like to receive, but it could be something uh, weird or evil in it. Um, mm -hmm. And the idea for the package really came into my mind like uh, when, um, because I live in a very, very small street in Berlin and um, I thought that I know every neighbor there and, um, and, and by name. And then the mailman, the delivery guy asked me to take a, pa a package for a neighbor. And I said, yes, of course. I mean, this is that's what I meant with the typical everyday situation. You take a package for your neighbor. But then I took a look at the um, package and I, I didn't know the name uh, on it. Uh, the address didn't, didn't tell me anything. Um, uh, I knew the house, but didn't know the name. So I was thinking this, this could be, I, it could be an evil package or a weird neighbor <laughs> or something happening. So my, my thriller mind, what, what I think this is a great entrance for, um, for a story because it's so normal, but on the other way, it's a little frightened. Um, if you have a, and yeah, a, a right. mind goes there. <laughs> yeah, if your mind goes there. So um, uh, in the end, it was just an Airbnb um, guy who lived there for a little while. So it was no no clue, um, no, no big deal. But um, it, it started off with this um, little plot idea. And uh, then soon it, it, it got, got to Emma and um, yeah. So that's, that's what, what I liked about the, the, the story that, that and, and then I wanted to, to come to your question. I want, wanted everyone to, to feel that um, he or she is opening a package um, and really discovered the story. Um, by her, it, her it is a bit of a surprise when you open this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so when did you, um, Sebastian, when did you write this? Like, when did you actually work on writing this this novel? I think it was in two thousand and and sixteen, I, I guess. Um, yeah. So. Um, so what's uh, interesting to me is two things about this. I think are so pertinent for right now our times of COVID. Yeah. Yes. One, the idea of packages has become so important, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we're all having things delivered to home. Yeah. And I thought that was such a great time to release this novel when we mm -hmm. all are getting packages delivered more than ever. You know, after and all this talk, Kathy, I just have to interrupt. I am going to start being concerned when I get packages. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't until we started talking about this and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. Oh. <laughs> Wait till you think of this. What is the villain called? The hairdresser. <laughs> oh my god yeah so so i um no there, there there's just a, a bad uh, coincidence because uh, <laughs> i think yeah. all of our american readers are going to be home thinking i need this book <laughs> yeah 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 well that's funny 
Okay, so let's have a drink and we're gonna take a little segue, um, Sebastian, into what we call um, the, the question in the bottle. We always ask um, the author we talk to a question, a random question that you might get to at the end of a bottle, the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> if you don't like it, we'll pass. Okay. All right. So if you were given $5 million to open a small museum, or I should say tw- 5 million euros, euros. okay, <laughs> to open a small museum, what kind of museum would you create? Oh. Hmm. That's an interesting one. That's a very interesting question. <laughs> I never was asked this before. Um, I, I don't think necessarily that it would be um, uh, a museum that would have something to do with thriller or um, um, I, I think it um, uh, as I'm a, I'm a book lover and a lot of printed uh, books, um, I think, I mean, I don't know, that's huge money. <laughs> so so um, um, I would, um, yeah, maybe I would uh, have a museum um, and, and to show the, um, the first editions of the most popular books of the world, like the first edition of uh, Harry Potter signed by J.K. Oh, oh, that's cool. And you have something like this. So, so that could, could be a great museum. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I will say, Sebastian, I have been to Berlin and I <laughs> loved it. It is a beautiful city. Germany is one of my favorite places on earth. And it is full of really cool museums. That's right. So Chrissy, I don't know if you knew that when you asked that question, but Germany has got just this really cool collective of mm-hmm. museums. I mean, just strange little odd, interesting museums because you have so much history, but we don't have over yeah. here. <laughs> Oh, oh, but here you have uh, really great museums too. So um, we do, yeah. we do. But Berlin really is yes, exceptional. It's really um, it's a cool city. Yeah, and I, I and I haven't been to Berlin. I've been to other parts of Germany, but I've never been to Berlin. So I guess I'll have to go. I visited Berlin, Sebastian, so long yeah. ago that I got oh. to go into East Berlin mm-hmm. one year before it closed, before they oh. before they knocked the wall down. Oh, yeah. Really. I, that was the last time you, you've been to Berlin? I was, I was in high school. I mean, in fairness, it was in 1986 yeah, yeah. or 1985. Yeah, very interesting. Right? I mean, you're lucky that you saw, saw both. Um, it, it's something that um, it's fascinating. Berliners uh, can't imagine, which were born after. Yeah, it was amazing, actually. It's great. It was really, yeah. I, yeah. I have pictures of my 16-year-old self at Checkpoint Charlie, if you can ah. look at that. That's, wow. that's very good. But I, to, to be honest, as uh, um, Berliners, I'm, I'm a born Berliner and we are a minority because I think for 51% of the citizens of Berlin, they come from, from everywhere, which is great too. But um, as a born Berliner, as a born West Berliner, we always felt special. So it's like when they say, say like like you said, like a German author, we always feel like I'm, like I'm a Berlin I'm a, author. I'm a Berlin author, right. Okay. <laughs> and I'm Berliner. Right. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. That's right. So, um, uh, but of course, um, I, I love uh, Germany too. But Berlin was, was always different. Berlin is always, it's a little bit ugly, to be honest. They have a very weird humor. They are, um, yeah, it's harsh, very harsh person, persons. Yes. But, um, but it's it's yeah it's I think to visit it, it's great because it's it's still Beautiful compared place. to other capitals it's very cheap compared to capitals. Yeah. So compared to oh really? 
Yeah. We, I think we would call over here what a Berlin, what Berliners think of as humor is we would call it dry humor, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Call it harsh. I think it's maybe. very dry humor. Or maybe they're just unpolite. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's get into the questions. Okay. okay. Right. We, we okay. deviated. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So um, I love the story of how you became a writer uh, when I was reading on your, um, I guess, website or something. Okay. Um, and, and you had, to, you've tried a few hat, different jobs yeah. before. Kathy and I d- did the same. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you got started in writing and then how you got published? Oh, yeah, that's... Um... I never planned to be a writer. Uh, as you mentioned, I wanted to I wanted to play tennis or, or drums or um, I studied law and I worked in for a radio station. So I did many, many jobs, but then um, uh, I was always a reader. And I think every reader sometimes thinks, oh, maybe there's something in my head. And, and then we, I, I tried it and I had a, um, I th- thought that I had a great plot, uh, which uh, lead me to my first book therapy. But then I made the very, big mistakes. So my, my writing process was just like um, I was trying to to um, get this book that I had in my head on on paper and I wrote every day w- when I was able to because um, I had, uh, had a real job and um, <laughs> had, to, um, I had to do it in my spare time. So it took me about two years and then I had a first draft and like Hemingway said that the first draft always sucks. So um, I, I wasn't aware of this. I, I, thought, <laughs> I, I thought it's brilliant. And, um, and it's I, finished. I, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I sent it to every um, publisher in Germany, which, which I knew, and it was only the big names. And it, it would be the same like um, I would, for example, like, 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 play just one week an instrument and then go to a philharmonic orchestra and say, I want to play along with you. So, um, because I'm good. And, I'm I, and, it was, yeah, it was, and then they rejected. Um, so it was 15 publishing houses and, and, and uh, 13 rejected and, and two uh, haven't answered till now. So um, it was 100%, 100% um, rejection. And, but those who answered me, said, oh, we don't see a market for a German psychological thriller, which is was very interesting because in these days, it was about 2004. In the, those days, um, uh, Germans like me, we always read American authors or English, British authors, but German authors who tried to write thrillers, we said, oh, when we're not sure. We, we don't have a legacy of um, German crime writers. So, um, um, I, I, but I thought they ha- haven't read my book. They just uh, sent me the usual letter that they send to everyone. Um, uh, and, um, and then I, I Googled a literary agency and I found one and, and, and he was asking me questions, uh, uh, which was very good because he, his name is Roman Hocke. He was um, uh, also the editor of um, a very famous author um, in Germany and in the rest of the world, Michael Ende. He wrote A Never Ending Story, for example. And, and he asked me like, for example, he asked me, why did, does your book uh, place um, uh, in, in Germany and in, in the US? 
because my first draft wasn't it wasn't based in Berlin. It was based uh, yeah. somewhere at the East Coast um, in the US. And I uh, said, so, well, most of the thrillers that I read <laughs> played there. And he said, no, 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 they they do have to there where the author knows something about where, where he lives, for example. So why don't you write it and, uh, and in a city where, where you know something about it? And, and so I re wrote it and then um, it, it uh, happened uh, to take place in Germany. So it was a process. After two or more years, then we had a draft which he which he forwarded to a publishing house named Brümer Knauer. Um, it's very big in Germany, and they they gave it a try, but only four thousand copies. So which isn't so much for for mm -hmm. it was paperback. Usually, when we in Germany. When we want to give it a try, we we don't go for hard co uh, cover and hard copy. We, we go directly um, uh, for like a pocket paper uh, yeah, back. Book. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and then I was lucky that it got good uh, reviews and and the internet. There was a little hype of, of it, and so it wasn't very uh, high on the best selling list. Um, but um, um, yeah, they allowed me to to write another book. So <laughs> <laughs> it was good. So and the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, your luck turned because mm -hmm. when I was um, Googling your debut author or mm -hmm. debut um, uh, book, yeah, the thing that's written most commonly about you in the U.S. is that mm -hmm. your debut toppled Da Vinci Code off of <laughs> the bestseller list. Yes. Like, that was on everything. Yeah. And, and so I'm curious about if you knew what that was like, you know, if you were aware of the Da Vinci Code. And then secondly, ever since then, all of your books have debuted in the top 10 on Der Spiegel, which is, yeah, right. so for our American listeners, and Der Spiegel is is a very huge, the, the biggest um, magazine, I think, right? I think it's really like comparable to the New York Times best yeah. list, right. And so you've been in the top 10 list. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what it was like to knock off that <laughs> Dan Brown book. And <laughs> are you now, able to ignore that success when you're writing now? Or is that kind of in your mind? Well, um, yeah, good question. Again, it's um, from the second book on, um, I was asking myself in between the writing process, will it be as good as the first one? Will the readers still love the first one? one will or will love the second one too but then i had a thought which was very helpful because um i read I, I tried to remind myself of, of the feeling that i had when i tried to write my first book and in this process um i never had any vision of my readers because i never i, I knew didn't knew, know anybody I just I was writing and I was crossing my fingers that that, that not only my um, my parents and um, <laughs> friends I forced to read it um, <laughs> read it so that somebody else will even buy it maybe um, so um, as whenever and it is ever sometimes there there is a um, there's is happening that I'm asking myself this question, but, but whenever um, I reach this point and I, I'm doubting if my book will be as good as the one before, then I said, this is the wrong question. Um, you, you have to remind you of the feeling that you had that, that drove you 
to the desk to write it. I mean, because we are all, as a writer, you are too, I have to say, I'm sorry, you're insane because you are, you're doing something that you, you, you don't know um, if anybody will, will like to read it, but you're doing it because you love to do it and you want to do it. Um, so um, the question I always ask myself is, would I write this book even if I knew that nobody was gonna, gonna read it? And, and, and this, and then I think when it really comes from your heart, then there is a possibility that it's going to be a success. Sebastian, no you, just me, you just gave me shivers. That's what every writer should ask themselves every day, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's right. Oh. Yeah, we're all in doubt every time. I mean, and if you to ask me if I'm uh, if I think that my book is perfect, no, it's not. I, I would rewrite it all the time. I I have a deadline to stop the rewriting process, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but not the deadline uh, till I say oh, it's perfect. I, I can't do it. Uh, I can't do it any better. So, um, yeah. I love it. Oh, interesting. Um, so you are the very first non-English writing author <laughs> that we've talked to. Oh, great, and um, I'll be honest, I haven't thought of this before now, but um, I'm wondering about the process of producing books in a foreign language. Because, um, mm -hmm. you know, how do you ensure that they're trans not just translating the story, but also your voice and writing style? Do you have mm -hmm. any say in that or? Well, actually, um, um, as you notice, I'm always searching for, uh, for words. So I'm, I'm not a native speaker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're doing great. Trust me. Uh, well, thank you very much. But I'm not as good to, to, to judge a translator to, to ask or to, to choose one. I can read it. Um, but I couldn't say if this really, um, if this is, yeah, the magic that's in the words. If it's if it's the same, like like uh, I mm -hmm. intended it, but but then I uh, I have people who I trust, and um, and, and and Jamie, I think he did a, a, a wonderful and great uh, job. Um, uh, but I I can answer uh, questions that. But I, I'm not uh, the one who can uh, say if it's a good or bad translation. There's only there's only one really um, uh, funny story. I think it's a funny story. My agent wasn't laughing, but um, <laughs> actually, actually, I was laughing because it was in Italy when Therapy, my first book, was translated. And, and um, then the Greek um, publisher at the Frankfurt Book Fair said, oh, I want to buy the rights. And I read the... Uh, Italian version, but the Italian version is not so good. Um, <laughs> and, and we said, okay, why not? And yeah, it gives away the end at the middle of the book. So um, we were searching for it, and oh. and there was one chapter more than our, than I uh, than I uh, had written. Um, so oh um, my gosh, yeah, the translators thought that there was something missing, and he was adding <laughs> something to no. the. But unfortunately, in this chapter that he added. Uh, he gave away the ending. So um, this is something that I mean. I, I don't speak Italian, so I, I I could have I could have knew that it's a little. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So oh this wow, is, that's interesting. We translator there. So this is the only. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. It wasn't, this wasn't the best translation, but. Um, well, I think this is. I think the English one is good. As in, yeah, I will tell you the English. One. English. 
it doesn't give it away. <laughs> and I, and away. I think the way that it's written, I like the way, yeah. you know, the phrasing and mm -hmm. that. And so I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining it's probably similar to the German because. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. that we have, I, in terms of translated authors, they, we are, are always lucky because we um, um, usually sometimes when um, uh people um, read the book and they don't like it and they say, oh, it might be a bad translation. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so in well, Germany, I, I don't have this excuse. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, it's interesting that, that Harlan Coben, who is one of our favorites and, mm -hmm. you know, wildly successful in the United States, like you are in Germany, yeah. um, has had great success in Europe and, I, and uh, especially in France, I think, in Germany. Very good. And in, in Germany, too. And I, actually, I was lucky because um, when when I was asked after readings or online, uh, which mm -hmm. author would you recommend? Um, I, I was able to say Harlan Cohen. He, he, he wasn't that well known in Germany. Um, he had quite success, but he wasn't so known and people were really thankful for this advice. Then uh, the publisher, the German publisher from Holland asked me if uh, I, I could give him a quote. I said, well, yeah, of course, because yeah. um, I always was was quoting him. I was telling I, this one of the authors I buy. I don't look uh, at the back uh, what the story is about. I just I just buy Holland Coben. Right? <laughs> and uh, and um, and then um, I think it was just a coincidence because um, they put a quote on uh, my quote on the book. And, um, uh, and he became number one. Um, but it, was, it wasn't my quote, but I think the publisher thinking that it's my quote thing, okay, thank you very much. On his German <laughs> translation? Pardon me? On his German translation. On his German translation. Out. So we know he's the number one author in, in, in Germany too. Um, uh, and then ironically, look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he gave, he gave it a, 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 way before, um, um, so I was lucky. So it was not, not a deal, it was just, but I think I'm, I really adore him. Um, and and I've, I have very few fan um, uh, um, uh, pictures, and, and I'm uh, that's one picture when, when I'm standing beside him. <laughs> we have yeah. those too. We should put yeah. both of ours on our, on our social media together. That'd be yeah. really fun. Yeah. Okay. I have to. I have to, to search. Uh, to search about. Um, I found it on my computer. It's long ago because it was a thriller. How do you say thriller fest? Um, that's where we were. Yeah. We were there too. Yeah. Yeah. That oh, way. Yeah. Harlan Coben had held his panel, and, and I had a, had a little panel too. But um, I was only not not my panel. I was what <laughs> panel talking you know, about foreign uh, uh, crimes. Writers. So I know you've done a lot. You're, a lot of your works have been translated into film and mm -hmm. and other things, at least in Europe. In Europe, I know um, Harlan's. He's had a big um, Netflix deal yeah. with France. Yeah. France. I yeah, I remember talking about that. That's right. So right. Is it only in France? Isn't it in, in, in the US too? I, I think it is. Was, yeah, it you is right. Watch. And Netflix. Yeah, um, um, yeah because. I was watching it, yeah. So and what I, we need is, we need Sebastian's books translated into Netflix US yeah, stuff. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there you go. And if you're talking about recommendations, I, I'm, I'm not sure um, how big he is in the US, but I also like um, the style of uh, Michael Robotham. Is, did I, do I pronounce it right? Do you, do you know that? Michael, again, Michael who? Robotham. R O B O T H A M. Robotham. Robotham or Robotham, yeah. I don't know. We were, we're uh, going to look it up right now. Yeah. 
You have yeah. to look at him. He's from um, actually from Sydney. Australian. Yeah, oh. uh, living oh, in, oh, living oh, in cool. London, and he has a serious, uh, quite, quite, quite humorous, but um, psychological thriller, and it's great. He's a great oh, author. Oh, good. We are going to reach out. Read to him, him next. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. We're so excited to have talked to you today, Sebastian. Yes, yes. To say reading is like a, like like a journey. Every book is a journey. So the, it's our only way to um to, to go on vacation right now. Right, I know. It's our only way to get out mind. of this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Sebastian, before we go, Christy has one final question for you that we ask okay. all of okay. our authors. Okay. Yes, yes. This this is um, to appease our listeners out there, our mysterious foodies, which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be? Oh. Um, <laughs> any of your books. <laughs> yeah, any of my books. I, I think, um, yeah, I'm, um, my, the name of my very first hero and uh, character was Victor Lawrence and I, um, he's a psychiatrist too and uh, I don't want to give away any way of, of, of uh, the clue of therapy but I definitely want uh, would like um, to meet him and um, um, I think um, I would I would go for um, oh, what would I'm going to have I would go for um, I, I would go for uh, with him to the same place. I would uh, take you to a view, um, and you are always uh, invited to to, uh, I to, to come to Berlin. Back to Berlin. I'm just saying. Yeah, oh, yes. and with, if we meet us in Berlin, then there there is a restaurant which is really famous for its veal. I don't know if you're vegetarian, then it's not oh, the right no, place. Veal. No, veal. <laughs> no, vegetarians. Yeah. No. So <laughs> it, 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 it has a famous recipe. Everybody wants to know it, and um, mm. it's a little. Little called Big Window in, in, in Berlin. It's an, and whenever you say you have to go there, um, and I would take it for the um, for the wheel at the Big Window. Yeah. Oh, that sounds delicious. I uh, yeah. Well, it has been an absolute delight talking yes. with you, Sebastian. Thank you Thank so you. much. Yeah, uh, to, 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 to for staying up and my, was my pleasure. Yes. So listen, yes. Sebastian, I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to Google you, mm-hmm. get some information, order your books. What is the best place for them to go to to get information? Your website uh, or social just, media? Just my name and .com, so like SebastianPitzek.com, SebastianPitzek.com, or uh, my name on Instagram or Facebook, and then they have this translation ability. <laughs> yeah, um, he's yeah. got. you've got some good little stories on your website. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's so funny. That's, now, that's good Berlin humor, I thought. I don't okay. know. <laughs> <Also>. <laughs> no. Thanks for joining us on today's adventure. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube, where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com,
You can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode, and you can sign up for our newsletter or enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers. Cheers.